Welcome to Level Up Chips, version 1.22474487139. Hey y'all, welcome back to Level Up Chips, the weekly gaming podcast from CM Life that talks about everything game related. That's right folks, when we say everything, we mean everything. Those Nintendog games you played as a kid are not safe from discussion. And this is going to be routine. Did you ever play any Nintendo games, Max? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I'm just returning from last week as a co-host. Uh, if it wasn't obvious, since he's called my name. But, uh, yeah, uh, I don't remember playing any Nintendo games. I remember playing, like, imitations, but nothing actually on brand, honestly. Nothing on brand? Nope. Really? Oh, man. I remember they had all sorts of different games with, like, the different Nintendogs and stuff. Um, I remember my sister. She was really into Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. And they had this, like, brand new special edition. Maybe not brand new, but it was, like, something you really had to look for. Right. And we ordered it maybe on Amazon. Maybe we had to go, like, out in the boonies in uh, Michigan to find it. But I remember we got it. We thought Ella would be, like, so excited for it. And then she just, like, she played it a little bit. She was like, it's okay. And then she just left it. The most I ever did with Nintendogs, I had it when it came out, and I was like, whoa, this is so cool. And I took it out for walks, and then, like the kid I was, I just forgot about my dog. So you think you're ever going to, like, revisit that? See what happened? It was a rented copy. I can't do anything else for it. It's gone, man. It could be, uh... I don't know, maybe you could find it by pure happenstance, but... You know, that would be insane if someone actually kept the Dog on the rented. Because, um, with Dogs. You basically had, like, one file and you could right. delete it. Mm-hmm. Or you could just get rid of the dogs and just let him go put him back in the kennel and stuff. Or, like, in the, the dog pound or whatever. And that that was, like... That would be insane if someone actually said, let's just keep this dude's old dogs. <laughs> but um, we're about to get into the first part of the, the Level Up Chips uh, episode. And that is game news. Game news that has been around this past week and stuff that we might have forgotten about the previous week. The biggest thing that has come around this past week is that E3 is back this year. It is digital only and it is coming around June 12th through the 15th. I'm really excited because it's going to have Nintendo, Capcom, Microsoft, Ubisoft, some of those big developers... Just like any other E3, um, and just like any other E3, Sony is just not coming back. They have just dissed E3, and just never went back to it. It's really sad, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I think so. What were some of your memories with E3? Well, I mean, uh, who couldn't remember things like uh, Keanu Reeves? In, what was it, 2018? Um, it was 2018, I thought it was it? 2019. Because uh, mm. 2019 was when, like, 
the the cyberpunk stuff was really starting to get big. Right. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Was it? Oh, was it? Oh my gosh! Look really quickly. I'm yeah. Just yeah. Gonna oh. Look it up. Yep. Um, Keanu Reeves. Was it 2019? Okay, ah. Mike's correct. <laughs> and they had a huge spoiler in the trailer, and it was really sad because I didn't want that to be known. Well, then, when I played it like that, but um, that's beside the point. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, yeah. E3 is one of those things where I would I would sit down, or I would I would go to McDonald's before the the press conference for like. Nintendo, I'd get a huge Big Mac or something, or like a double quarter. I'd sit down, I'd eat that sucker while I'm just like getting hype for for Nintendo news or Microsoft news. Any big thing was just it was the time to get hyped as a gamer. Yeah. Uh, go on if you were going to yeah. say anything. Uh, another strange thing about it is that uh, they're having more like third-party developers this time. For example, Mike mentioned Capcom, but they're also bringing in Konami. And... I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah, Konami's on the lineup. I think they, like, pretty much replaced Sony. That's so weird. Yeah, it's, if a, they, it's a weird thing, but... It'd be insane if they uh, brought in a new series or a returning series. I don't know... Metal Gear, Silent Hill, something that isn't a pachinko machine. Metal Gear survived too. No, <laughs> oh, okay. no. Okay, <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. That's I, what I do. I'm messing with you, man. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess like going into a new little bit of uh, gaming news, um, an unopened Super Mario Bros. game for like the NES. Got sold for nearly seven hundred thousand um, dollars. It was sold in Dallas, Texas, and I there's really nothing much to it other than wow, just how did it get to that much money? It was sold at an auction, but like, I I can't fathom. You just that. don't get it. Yeah, I just can't fathom the fact that a game that just. Literally, someone said, "I think I'm just gonna keep it in a well, like established or like well-contained environment. Gonna preserve it well. I'm just gonna preserve it. All of a sudden, they just became like almost very close to being a millionaire. Yeah, but I feel as though it's because uh, most Super Mario Brothers cartridges are the ones that are bundled with Duck Hunt. This was actually an original Mario game." Yeah, yeah. Without a Duck Hunt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm. most of the cartridges in circulation, well, in circulation, people gotcha. that, the, most of the ones that people own are the ones that came with the NES, which had both Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. And it's rare to see just Super Mario Brothers on its own. So I can kind of understand it. Yeah. No, that, that that's some crazy stuff. I guess to me, I start looking at it like, Wow, games are just becoming more and more expensive, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, again, I always go back. Like, what was it? We just went to a, a game store that sells some of the old stuff, right. and there was Marvel vs. Capcom Two, a PlayStation Two game. And PlayStation it was like, One? No, it was PlayStation Two. Oh well, yeah. Continue. Um. Well, anyway, it um, it was a good ninety-five bucks. 
And, I mean, it was beautiful. It was just, I, I can't imagine a game like that. You know, it's so awesome, but you can't get it other than emulation or just buying that $95 game or getting on, on eBay for a cheaper price. But I can only imagine it'd be like 80 bucks. It's going to teach you how to do an infinite on your wallet. The Iron Man infinite. It's yep. going to be so great. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're continuing on with our uh, gaming news segment. Uh, so Bandai Namco uh, and Nintendo re- revealed that Pac-Man 99, which is a similar type of game to Tetris 99, uh, effectively a Tetris Battle Royale is it just released on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, did it release? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it's a seventh. Um so effectively you just try to outlast other players while you're while you play Pac Man and It's a really neat thing because you don't like you weren't a ghost to other Pac Mans and you're just trying to eat them. It's more like you're playing your own game of Pac Man. And people, you know, they might eat the ghosts after getting a huge pellet or something. But I, I'm going to take a guess and say, like, they'll eat the ghosts and then that ghost will go into another person's game. Mm. And they'll just start adding up until, yeah. until at some point someone can't handle, like, a good 20, 30 ghosts just tailing you. Mm-hmm. And then they, they get out. Right. Um... That's kind of what Tetris 99 did after you started getting, like, good combos, some good uh, Tetris, uh, uh, I don't even know what to call those, Tetris moves where you get five blocks. Yeah, that's a Tetris. Tetris, yeah. You um, pretty much, like, can give other people gray blocks that they have to try to um, fill up, and it just starts adding up. Players just start adding to your own game until you just can't play anymore Mm -hmm. and i think it's a really neat way i don't i guess i'm not a big fan of some of the like straight up apex legends or fortnite stuff um where you just directly attack people yeah it's where it's a more uh it's more passive yeah it's a more passive form of the battle royale which is unique uh especially considering that even well when back when tetris 99 released that was Battle Royale's heyday. So oh, yeah. It was just all over the place. That, I... felt unique. So. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited for this. This is, like... I think... Uh, I didn't know it was releasing today. I thought it was maybe, like, next Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. I'm about to go get that really quickly. But... I, I don't know if it's free, actually. Oh, yeah. Is it's it free? free? Yeah. Bless... Okay, um, that, I'll probably be playing that after this, but um, is there anything else that came to mind about like crazy new gaming news? No, not really, honestly. Yeah, honestly, it's been kind of a slow week Yeah, for gaming news. Usually every week there is something going on, but this week, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually really awesome that we're able to end with Pac-Man 99 because we're about to get into the brand new topic 
of arcades. This is the main topic of this uh, episode, and I am extremely excited about it because we'll be talking a little bit more about like the history and some of our own experiences with arcades and arcade machines, you know. Um, so, so going into like the history of it, it gets kind of weird because it, it started in 70, 71. Usually I start thinking of like the 80s when it comes to arcade machines. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in 1971, uh, there was a game called Computer Space. And, you know, that was the first ever arcade game. It was a ripoff of this one game called Space War, where pretty much there's, like, this little gravitational well, and it just kind of makes them rotate, you know, two spaceships rotate, right. and they have to keep hitting each other to win. Mm-hmm. And they can, like, try to maneuver away from the bullets. It's, you know, a little bit finicky. Right. But this game made it single player, and you had to take out, like, alien ships, and you... You know, made it a little bit easier to maneuver, no gravity well, and it was the first one to be, like, coin-operated. Right. Um, and basically, you know, it was it was somewhat of a hit, and the people who made this were also the pre- people who uh, founded the, the arcade company Atari. Um, more competitors started to come in with their stuff, you know, with Pong being successful, Atari made that one, too. Um, competitors started to make bootlegs of that. Sega, surprisingly, made a Pong clone. That was their first ever arcade machine. And originally, Sega started as um, this company called Service Games. You can see if you mat- uh, mix them together, you get Sega. But they made slot machines before arcade stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Kind of like how Nintendo used to make toys before they started getting into arcade machines. Right. Um, Midway started making like some of the stuff you don't really hear about Gunfight, Boot Hill in the 70s, and uh, Pong, you know, Atari made like the Indy 800 game Pong. Again, really wasn't crazy. Atari was starting to get into the home market, mm-hmm. but then around 78 to 1986, that's when things started to go into the uh, the golden age. Of gaming, it was really, really awesome because this is where you get a lot of those classics, um, something like uh, Pac-Man, which was made by Namco, Space Invader, made by Taito, uh, Donkey Kong, Asteroid, Space Harrier. Those games were really like what made that that age just so amazing to be at the arcade. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're. I wish we were old enough to say that we were, you know. Back in the heyday of that, but um, <laughs> honestly, from like some of those games that came out in like the eighties that are like kind of big, what were like some of your favorites? Well, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, one of the one of my favorites to actually play is Donkey Kong. I mean, mm. it's a classic. Uh, you should not be able to get past the first twenty five meters. Uh, that was brutal. That was always brutal. Man. No, didn't know how to jump for some reason. Um, let's see. Uh, I like Gradius. It's a the Konami game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a side made by Konami, as Mike just mentioned. It's a side-scrolling shoot 'em up. Uh, prob- is it the first of its kind? Um, honestly, people say that like Space Invaders was the original like 
shoot them up. up. Yeah, but... But I guess you would say Gradius was the first one where it was kind of side-scrolling and you had to, like, maneuver away from bullets uh, while it was scrolling. You know, right. you could control the ship in a 360, you know, environment. Instead of just on a line. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so those are some of my favorites, but uh, how about you? Uh, oh my gosh, I... I really love Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man were some of those ones that I love. Donkey Kong, I always wanted to get good at that. And I would be like, oh, you can jump, you can jump. And as, like, the first barrel that came along, every single time, I just barely miss where I, I could avoid the barrel and I'd hit it and immediately die. I'd be like, okay, next time. And it just he keep happening over and over and over again. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Oh, this game sucks." <laughs> um, but I think the one that I absolutely love, and this is something that was new. I I didn't really play this, you know, in other arcades, bowling alley, something like that. But it was from the Yakuza games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a Sega owned franchise, and they really like to have little mini games and. Some of the games are set in, like, the 80s, and this one specifically had Space Harrier in the arcades, and I loved it because I had never played it before, but it's kind of that shoot 'em up style, but, like, in a over-the-shoulder, like, third-person view, right. and you kind of had this really weird, like, abstract look to everything. It was just so surreal, in a sense. Um... If you all have uh, played Star Fox, it's kind of like that. But Yeah, it's like Star Fox, but just a little bit more trippy, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, just way more trippy. Way more trippy. <laughs> but it's something where I was like, man, they made that in the 80s? That's so cool. Right, yeah. Um, that, that era is just, you know, it is the golden age, but personally, it's not my favorite golden age. Um... <laughs> You know, the the 90s was, I mean, I didn't know this, but the 90s was just a huge golden age for fighting games. And, you know, it took me for, to look at the timeline on Wikipedia to see, okay, which games came out in the 90s. And it turns out almost every, like, main fighting game came out in the 90s. It was insane, like... Uh, in 1990, SNK made uh, this game called Nam 1975. I didn't really see what it was about, but it started to make the the Neo Geo hardware, which um, was used for like Fatal Fury, Samurai Showdown, some of those really really cool crazy games. Right. Um, it was always uh, yeah. Point SNK always made a point to be technically impressive, like. <laughs> Pretty much before uh, balancing their games, for better or for worse. Uh, Like, for example, I think they were the first... uh, One of their games was the first one to have a audio track of a person... Of a person actually uh, putting their voice into... Like, it's a... I forgot what the name of the game was called, but it's Psycho Soldier is the first... Oh. Like, vocal song to ever be put in a video game. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's the cool fact I like to 
remember. That that's actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, those those Neo Geo hardware sets were really cool, especially because you could get like the Neo Geo uh home console. The biggest problem with the Neo Geo console and why it was always kind of rare and hard to find is the fact that the games were insanely expensive it was easy to get a console it was more like the games were they were mini arcade machines right essentially you would just buy a full set of arcade games that pretty much an arcade would buy and that would be like a game would be like hundreds of dollars (laughs) (laughs) i feel so bad for the kids that were like i got neo geo mom can i get this game and they'd be like no, do it on your own time. Something like that. Or, like, you, you can you can go get yeah, it from, yeah. like, mowing lawns or something. It's like, yeah, how many lawns is it going to be? You're going to have to mow lawns for eternity. Yeah, that's going to be a neighborhood full of lawns I mow. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. But the 90s, um, it, you know, it brought along Street Fighter 2, which is personally, like, one of my favorite series, fighting series, because... That was really the the thing that made the the fighting craze. Right. You know, it had all those different people from around the world. It was one of those games where it was easy to control. You know, it was six buttons. You know, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, low, medium, high, kick and punch. And you had combos, stuff like that. The Hadouken was always something people loved. And you could fight against each other with just joysticks and, you know, little buttons. It was really easy to do, really cheap, and really addictive. Right, yeah. Uh, It's, uh, for some reason, it's a little-known fact that the Street Fighter series didn't actually start with Street Fighter 2. There's... (laughs) (laughs) That seems strangely obvious but like there's street fighter one before it which is not a good game uh there's a huge problem with yeah. it um essentially street fighter one it was two player as well but the biggest thing is you had a joystick but you also had a big big pad, pad where pretty much you could hit it but you couldn't just, like, tap it or anything. You literally had to punch it. And that would be a really neat thing. The problem is, imagine, like, a hundred people playing it in one day. Immediately, that pad is just going to get so beat up that it's going to stop working very quickly, and it's going to need maintenance all the time. It was just not a good idea for arcades at the time. Yeah, uh... Fighting games are in a prototype stage. I think Street Fighter 1 was released in 1989. But the point is Street Fighter 2 pretty much completely codified what a fighting game should look like. Exactly. At the fundamental level. It had everything. The fantastic music, colors, characters, Mm -hmm. uh, fighting moves, combos, stuff like that. Not as much combo in the first one. Oh, uh, yeah, another thing about that... um, Combos were an accident, effectively, in the code. So people figured out you could put inputs into uh, the game before an animation was done. Like, before an animation was finished, 
and the next move would come out immediately after. So uh, that was an accident, but it's an integral part of fighting games today. Yeah, there there is a whole lot of history for Street Fighter. That feels like a whole episode we could yeah, do. Right. That that game is just crazy, insane. The history behind it. But after 91 came Mortal Kombat, which is just insane, again, that in 1990, we had SNK 91 Street Fighter and 92 Mortal Kombat, because those are the games that are just absolutely huge. Right. I know, it's some fantastic stuff, gory fun, um, definitely got a lot of parents worried what, what kids were doing, but... Um, you know, 93, we saw Virtua Fighter, which was the first 3D fighting game. That was made by Sega. Yep. And mm-hmm. 94 was Killer Instinct. Was that one made by Rare at the moment? Yeah, yeah, Rare. Rare? Okay. Yeah. Uh, 94 had a Killer Instinct and Tekken, which a lot of people... Those cabinets came in uh, like a storm, the Tekken ones, you know, with... Uh, Things like the PlayStation console being able to have it and everything. Right. It just became a huge part of the fighting uh, world. Right. And, you know, we got some other stuff like X-Men versus Street Fighter. But the 90s was just absolutely huge when it came to just the different games that came around. Yeah. Uh, it's also worth noting that X-Men versus Street Fighter eventually ended up developing into a series marvel versus capcom i should have mentioned that yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) it just like they were like oh well we got all these marvel characters and we got all these capcom characters why don't we just put them all into a game and have them fight each other which is just absolutely awesome that's one of my favorite things because you just get to see like a resident evil character like chris redfield just beating the crap out of spider-man or something and you're like how did this happen how did this come to to fruition because it's it doesn't make sense that's the biggest thing i think about i'm just like oh yeah wolverine versus uh blanca yeah yeah sometimes crossovers just happen in strange ways very strange ways but it's definitely one of those games that's beloved the the marvel versus capcom series yeah um, but honestly, those, what were, what were your favorite fighting games? Uh, well, I do, I, I like the Street Fighter series a lot. Uh, I've pretty much got every entry in some way on some console. I used to. Yeah. Uh, I even bought Street Fighter 4 on the 3DS uh, yeah, that's what. <laughs> yeah, uh, it that's... was interesting, but yeah, uh, Street Fighter is a favorite of mine. I got into the Mortal Kombat series a bit late, but I can appreciate its roots, even if its roots are sometimes not that great. broken. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Mortal Kombat series was definitely more fun when you had other people playing. When it came to the computers, they were usually um, a little too difficult. Yeah, uh, in Mortal Kombat 2, it literally uh, invented the term input reading because the AI would know what you were about to do insanely fast without 
with an inhuman reaction and pretty time. much just take you out right yeah, there exactly it would be cheating mm-hmm. in a in a certain way and to get more money out of you and that's you know that's where a lot of these arcade games it's really interesting because you can't put updates in these right you know once a game comes out immediately they can't do anything about it or if you're like Street Fighter 2, you could just put out like 10 different installments of the same game. But I digress. <laughs> um, I I love arcade, you know, yeah. arcades in general. Um, right. I didn't really have an arcade that I used to go to until recently. Um... I think it was around my sophomore year of high school. I actually looked up on Google, where are the where are the nearest arcade you know yeah. arcades yeah. around you know near me? And I noticed that there was one in Ann Arbor, you know, maybe thirty minutes away. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of neat. It's called Pinball Pete's. And I remember going down because it's in a basement. And I remember seeing as I was going down, I saw like old atari games the joust game the gauntlet mm-hmm. game uh, the space invader and as i kept going down i saw punch out i saw uh, mario bros tetris uh ghost squad some of those games that were just oh my gosh it was a beautiful place and mm-hmm. i still love to go there if they're ever open <laughs> you know this was pre-covid but it was hot because of all the machines when you have a basement and really no way for heat to to escape it just gets hot Mm -hmm. it gets noisy from all the different games playing and there is just all sorts of colors everywhere there's all sorts of noises colors whirring of the machines Mm -hmm. it's beautiful it's a wonderland of tech that i just Every single time I think about it, I just have a smile on my face and I start thinking about, like, some of those crazy memories I have from the arcades. Right, yeah. Did you ever have any, like, arcades or machines that you used to play a lot? Uh, not particularly any machines because uh, my family wasn't really into that stuff. Mm. So, uh, mostly when I got to go to an arcade, it was stuff that, like, you know, laser tag places where it's more of a, it's less classical arcade machines and more, you know, stuff meant to take your money. Uh, There's one game in particular that comes to mind and I bet that everybody's thinking about it now. It's the, the shooter Terminator Salvation. Oh. Does that come to mind? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I see that like every movie theater, it's it's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. But it's I mean it's fun. It's fun. I will say that's one of the games that I know for sure, kind of cheats in yeah. a sense where they they don't give a reasonable time to ever react to certain hits. Right. Like there are certain points where I'm like I know they wanted me to take a hit, and they were gonna make me take a hit. Right. But, uh, yeah, um, I remember playing, I think it was up in 
Mackinac City or something. Really specific memory. Uh, we were at a pizza parlor, and up in the upstairs, there was a little arcade. There was Crazy Taxi. I played that a bit. Oh, That's another one. That's another classic game. Uh, Crazy Taxi, where you just have to get people around and be as destructive as possible while doing so. And it's oh just gosh. a really fun time. So That just brought me back to my childhood. <laughs> Whoa. I forgot about that game. Okay, I need a second. I just... All right, I guess I'll uh, continue. Uh, Go on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike is having a uh, nostalgic trip at the moment. Um, so, particularly... Uh, those are my favorite memories when it comes to like you know arcades and stuff so i think i'm back yeah yeah i, I think, think i'm back yeah so how about you share so, like some some more of yours i suppose so some of my favorite memories oh my gosh so i guess i got to tell you since i had that huge nostalgia trip um pretty much i used to go to this place called zap zone oh and i over in Ann Arbor? Yep. Yeah, yeah. You remember the old one where it was like, it had the tiled flooring and stuff, where it was like, kind of that like, white, green, orange, like, yeah, just yeah. linoleum type. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, it was like in a really small area, a weird area of uh, Ann Arbor. And I remember there was like, a Gauntlet Dark Legacy around there there was the crazy taxi um dance dance revolution i think maybe the terminator game came around at some point right. maybe but Probably. i remember ddr was one of those games that i was not planning to talk about but i love <laughs> <laughs> um oh the, there's this one song where it was like bee bee bumblebee and it was yeah. like good right. um but some of my favorite memories from Pinball Pete's uh, probably came from playing like Street Fighter 2 with anybody that I, I went to, to Pinball Pete's with, which was like you, uh, some of my other friends, like Leah, some high school buds. Right. Um, I used to play Ghost Squad because that was like one of those first person shooters that didn't take your money. It was like those Terminator games, but... Um, it was all about skill, honestly. If you actually had the skill, you could actually take it. And I remember, I think I only used, like, maybe a dollar worth of money. And I was able to finish the whole game. And mm -hmm. I was really happy with that one. Tekken 3, I played that one at an ice hockey rink. And then I used to play TMNT 4, Turtles in Time, with a bunch of people. And I love that one because that one is, like, four-player. It's a beat-em-up, you know, like, kind of the Streets of Rage type or... Final Fight. Final Fight. It's really, really fun. And you got to, like, throw the foot ninjas from TMNT into the screen and they, like, just zoom in. Zoom out. Yeah, yeah zoom in and be like, whoa! Yes. <laughs> that, that was some great stuff. Time Crisis is also another memory that was, like really fun because you had like the little pedals again one of those light gun games but 
you had a pedal to get yourself in cover and get yourself out of cover. Right, yeah. Uh, so, pretty much, those are my memories. Right. But if you really had, like, an arcade machine that you really wanted, like, back at your home, which arcade cabinet would you want? Hmm. Uh, it's hard to say. It could... Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting question. I guess I'll not, go first. Yeah, I'm honestly not too sure. Just take a second to mull it yep, over. Yep. But pretty much, for me, I've had a dream of having, like, a bar arcade in a basement. Like, one of those man cave type of things, but, you know anybody's invited it's not a man cave Um, (laughs) and you could just maybe i would make an arcade machine or i would get one of those like one-up arcade machines where it's street fighter like two and street fighter three third strike something like that or maybe get a turtles in time cabinet Mm -hmm. just because i always wanted to get past a certain point but they wouldn't let you continue up you know without a coin and I wanted to see the full way through. I want to get to Shredder and just beat the crap out of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. I feel like I'd probably put in, like, Donkey Kong. Or just some of the classics, the oldies. Like, Pac-Man. Big time. Yeah, just to have for convenience. You know, I take it back. I would say that I want the arcade version of Gauntlet Dark Legacy, but I didn't like the arcade version. I liked the home version because you could actually, like, create characters, and it was, like, kind of an RPG. Right. And, you know, it was still one of those, like, beat-em-up styles, but you could keep items. You could do all that stuff. It was really cool like that. Um, So, honestly, the more I think about it, I would want probably like an all-in-one arcade machine where you could just put your own fight stick just right there and just make it personal. Mm-hmm. But it'd still be like a fun time for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Oh. But that's all I really have about arcades. Um, <laughs> I wish they were still around. Yeah, but home console gaming has... Definitely is definitely more convenient and less expensive to maintain. So. Home console gaming has killed the arcades. Boo. Yeah, that <laughs> sounded lame. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we're gonna move on to our recommendation for games. Yeah. Um. So pretty much, like uh, we say every week, this is totally random. And um, this week's winner is going to be God of War, the 2018 version. Oh, man. <laughs> this game rocks. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, my gosh. It's essentially, like, the one thing I absolutely love about this game is the fact that it's one take. Yeah, it's never cut. It's If you really, like, never die or Or, if you don't go into a menu or something you literally could just go the entire game with just one take what 
Okay. Yeah, but... Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, that's a really cool aspect of the game. Why so, don't you say it then so I don't okay. say anything bad? Yeah. Uh, so, effectively, it tells the tale of uh, Kratos and his son, Atreus. Uh, this is the same Kratos from the original series that screams a lot and murders a lot of people. Uh so Kratos is trying to get away from his past and keep his son from knowing what he did back then. Uh, and in the beginning, uh, his wife and Atreus' mother dies and they have to bring her ashes to what she describes as the highest point in all of the in all the realms. Oh. And they say, oh, well, this mountain is the highest point that we can see, so let's take her there. And that's how the game That's why starts. I was about to... Okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah. So... I, I almost spoiled some stuff, and I didn't realize it because I thought it was just... Common be, knowledge. It was common knowledge. It was, like, at the beginning of the game, but I haven't played the game long in, or in a, in a, in a while, while to remember. <laughs> so I would just shut up. But pretty much, this game is... It's just an epic adventure. It's one of those games where it gets the the mythology so awesome. You know, it's just very accurate in a sense, but it still has its good twist for Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. um, it's a father and son story. You know, it's one of those like stories where Kratos is really cold to Atreus, but they kind of start to like warm, warm up, up to, to each, each other. other. Yeah. yeah, they they both start to learn about each other and be like okay i respect you and then atreus is like i respect you too father yeah uh it's also worth noting that this is the game where all those boy memes came from back in the back in 2018 where kratos would just call atreus boy like it would be awesome all, all the time i loved it it was so great i remember i i like started a run of that game and i was about to record every single time he said boy just you would have had like i think i got to like 30 and then i stopped because it was 30 yeah Dang. It, that was like the beginning of the game that was like the <laughs> opening segment and you're like that's it i can't do it anymore <laughs> yeah if you just kept going about it you probably would have had like a good like 20 gigabytes worth of just I was writing it on paper oh I thought you were recording it in the sense of just recording it video no, I was no. like dude that... do you have any idea how much space that would take no no it's crazy but uh thank god yeah no. but pretty much the the combat is some great stuff it's more of the uh character action stuff mm -hmm. um kind of similar to like I, I want to it's really weird to say because it's kind of its own thing um it has those combos it has the you know beat em up style of like you know just a, a fighting action game action game yeah yeah <laughs> and um you know it's a lot of fun but it's not like devil may cry or like bayonetta and the you know character action style genre you know, it's it's not the the certain angle. It's not fast combat. That's you know, 
kind of stupid fun. Mm-hmm. This one's a lot more personal. It's a lot more kind of slow and methodical. Deliberate. And yeah. deliberate, yeah. And it it just feels really personal because you're right there on the shoulder of Kratos and you just you get so close to the action. You see him ripping apart uh, certain enemies and it's so, so cool looking. Mm-hmm. I love it because of that. And I do not want to give any spoilers, and that's why I told Max to do the other part. But this game story is just hands down incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. The acting, the voice acting, it's out of this world. Uh-huh. It is some of the best stuff that any game has ever had, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it can seem like the game's kind of depressing sometimes, but like. Also, it has some moments of levity. It has those actual comedy. It has highs and lows for like the tone of the game, Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it really awesome. It's like one of those. It's an Oscar type of game, you know. It it feels like it's like how when a movie comes out, it's like, oh, that's just Oscar bait, and you know, it's trying to get the the game, (laughs) (laughs) trying to get the game award. It's trying to get the game award, which it did. Parasite, yeah. No, no, this one was like, it felt personal, it felt real, and it felt like you could really get immersed in the environment, the story, the music, the characters, the dialogue. Yeah, it's just a wonderful journey. It's an easy 10 out of 10 experience. Yeah, uh, also, quick warning, uh, if you play it and you run into the lake, be sure to turn your speakers down because there's something that is very loud there and I don't want you to hurt your ears. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to end this. And, um, I, yeah, that's honestly, this has been a really awesome episode. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy talking about this stuff. Right. But, um, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us on our talk about the history and love of the arcades. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to follow Level Up Chips and CM Life on your preferred platform. We also recommend our partner podcast, Raving Geeks. You know, do as you want. But join us next week as we talk about the seventh generation of consoles, a.k.a. the, the Wii, the PS3, and the three xbox 360 era until then see ya everyone bye <laughs> see ya <laughs>